Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not... <laughs> I screwed up. Hold on. Do not... <laughs> I'm trying to stop this live video. Yeah, Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States no, Bill of Rights. Stand Ward. So I tried to go live before uh, starting the show so I could like advertise to everybody that I'm doing my show at its new time here on Thursdays at 6 p.m. on fxpgpublicradio.com. But, you know, I can't do two things at once. I was walking down the street, and I just popped a bit of Bazooka Joe in my mouth, and it wasn't, it wasn't the gum. I want to blame the little comic strip. That is the reason why I tripped. But, I mean, I seriously tripped. I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. So I'm sorry. I'm never going to do that again. Welcome to Shock Monkey Radio at our new time on Thursdays. And um, time slot. New time slot here on Thursdays at 6 p.m. I don't mind. And uh, so I, uh, I gave up my time slot on Tuesdays, the Tuesday 6 p.m. time slot, to Black Lives Matter FXBG. Gasp, you say? So out of character for you, madman, you say? Well, if you think that, you don't know me at all. All right. I am 100% behind the First Amendment, the freedom of speech, and the freedom of assembly. And it's and even people I disagree with can find an hour here on FXBG Public Radio. And that's just how we roll. You know, if they allow my show on, it's like anyone, anyone can, can, be able to, can get an hour here on FXBG Public Radio. And so since my schedule had more wiggle room and uh, uh, BLM FXBG, um, it's so hard not to say after saying those four words, four letters, it's so hard not to say public radio after it. So uh, they, if they only had that one hour, and since this is my full-time job, I will gladly move to another day to accommodate somebody else. Because after all, I believe everybody deserves to be heard uh, here, here in, uh, in America, you know, and uh, we're an American company or organization. What are we like a nonprofit? Anyway. So, uh, yeah, I gave, I gave them my, uh, my Tuesday hour because, I mean, I'm more flexible than, than they are at the time. And, you know, they're organizing marches and stuff like that. And I'm all about, you know, peaceful protests, you know. And even if these guys, uh, these, uh, these Black Lives Matter guys who came in that day, even if they were the, the, the crazed, uh, racist, misandrist, Marxist, uh, uh, BLM people that catch the headlines, and uh, the sound bites and stuff like that, you know, um, they, they, I even uh, respect their right to the freedom of speech. You know, it was when you start like breaking stuff, when, you know, you know uh, uh, vandalizing, committing crimes and stuff like that. I think that's, that's where the problems begin. But other than that, I'm all about the First Amendment, freedom of assembly, and all the, First, all the amendments uh, pertain to on the 4th of July for the 4th of July show. Uh, I talked about that. I did all the amendments and why they're so great. But that's not th- these these guys are not are not the crazed <laughs> BLM members who gra- grab headlines. You know, they came in here, you know, I talked to them, chit-chatted with them, shook hands, you know, and helped them run their show. You know, they're very reasonable people, you know. I mean, Black Lives Matter and the Democratic Party um have loonies, have a segment of loonies and a segment of you know, uh, p- good people trying to do the right things for the right reasons, albeit misguided, you know? And so, I mean, 
yeah, I'll absolutely give up my time. You know, I got, I got plenty of time. If I wanted to, I could spend all morning doing a, a shock monkey radio show. It's like every day I, if I wanted to do a show, it's just, I don't think I could write that much. You know, I don't think about earthworm Jim that much anyway. So, I mean, it's, it's, there's a kind of, uh, a, a, a disconnect when it comes to, um, humanity, when you connect to the Wi-Fi, you know what I mean? It's, um, you could, you know, people will state their opinions and stuff like that on social media. But, you know, if you actually sit down in the room and talk with somebody, you'll, you will find that you have more in common with your quote unquote internet enemies than, uh, you have, uh, things you not, not in common with each other. You know, we're all real people. We all listen to music. We all like the same songs, you know, it's, uh, you know, earwig songs, those songs that, you know, get caught in your head, you know, that applies to everybody, you know? And so, I mean, we all, we all, we're all united in that way, you know? And I don't think skin matters. I don't think, you know, melanin matters. You know, it's just, you know, you need to make contact with your fellow human, physically talk to them, you know? And that's way better than just ranting on the internet because you're not, you're not physically in the room with somebody, you know? There's a nuance to language. You know, there's a reason why podcasts are popular. And there's a reason why I'm doing this is that, you know, there's, there is nuance to language in terms of how, how something is said as opposed to how it is written. You know what I mean? There is, there is intonation. There is tone. But I would glad, I'd gladly give up this time slot for anyone else who wants to become, you know, you know, I'll find a time slot somewhere else, you know, even if it's like four in the morning on uh, <laughs> probably Thursday. It'll probably be a 4 a.m. Thursday slot. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but I can definitely make room for anybody who wants to come over here to fxbgpublicradio.com and have your own show. You can go over to patreon.com slash fxbgpublicradio if you like, and you can find out how to become a producer or um, cr- create your own show. And uh, we'll get in touch with you and tell you what, what all we need and what all you need to do. And mostly it's just like, know what you want to talk about and sit in front of the camera, talk into the microphone, we'll handle the rest. So look into that, patreon.com slash fxbgpublicradio. And, you know, I, I, love, I love getting new shows because it's, um, you, know, I, you know, I'm missing, I'm misanthropic. I hate people, but I love gatherings, you know, <laughs> In in the end, I really do love people, and so it's 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 fun to it's fun to meet people from all different walks of life because everyone brings wisdom from their own little corner of the of the world and and life that they've experienced. So I'll gladly give up the time slot. Uh, anyway, so I had a really weird Saturday morning uh, this past week, and uh, as you know, we do the comedy show, the Born in Quarantine comedy uh, here here on the studio on Friday nights at nine p.m. Uh, look for them on Facebook, Born in Quarantine, Born in Quarantine Comedy, FXBG Public, was it, FXBG, mm, FXBG Comedy Scene, I think. Darn it. Anyway, it's something like that. Born in Quarantine, it happens out here on Friday nights. And, um, and I tend to have a few, you know, a few drinks, you know, and being a responsible drunk, I decided that uh, I- I'm going to crash, crash here, right here on the studio floor. Uh, it's, it's safe sacred holy ground kind of area for me and so i said i'm gonna crash right here in the studio and uh saturday morning i got up i'm hung over you know unshowered and everything and so and all i had to do on saturday was to buy more beer grab lunch and go home and so i got up 
and uh, I left and I go right to Wawa, go pick up my beer for the evening. And as I'm, uh, I grab the beer, I come up to the counter as I'm paying for the beer, this six or seven year old kid, a uh, little boy comes running across the Wawa and throws his arms around my waist in this great, great big bear hug. And, um, in, in, I mean, on me, you know, in a world where everyone is wearing masks, but me, you know, he comes and throws his arms around my waist. And so I'm awkward and don't like being touched that much. And so um, I quickly spot his obviously single mother in a mask as if Cobra has taken over the world. I'm apologize, and she's apologizing to me in this sort of generic way that, you know, how can I say this? A generic way in regards to all her failures as a mother. <laughs> now, I could be judgmental and misanthropic all I want. That's my right as an American. However, I did cry for that boy later in the evening, all right? Just thinking about him. It's like, how confused he must have been to have mistaken me for a masculine figure, you know? I don't want to say father figure, but having a dad bod is apparently only attractive to people who miss their dads. And I feel like there's a generation of young boys growing up in America who are so removed from masculine influence that even a six-year-old boy can become confused and mistake me for a man and not an overgrown fat baby. If I am anyone's benchmark for masculinity, I pity them. Okay? I felt real bad for this kid, and he's, I think there's a, you know, a ton of, of kids growing up without fathers in their homes, and that makes me sad, where they think of me as a man, as a father figure. It's like there's a generation, like I said, a generation of young boys growing up not knowing male affection. And, uh, you know, come puberty, it's going to turn into aggression or sexual attraction, in my opinion. That's just, that's just my, my two cents on that. But my point is, is that, you know, children need both parents. You know, uh, your father should marry the mothers. You know, you knock somebody up, you know, marry them. That's just how I think it should be done. I'm sorry. I'm old school. You know, I'm conservative. <laughs> sorry. But it's best for everyone that way anyway let's talk about this lying bitch kaylee McEnany. you heard about this yeah apparently some uh press corps reporter called kaylee McEnany a lying bitch and it got caught on tape all right and so here's the point all right this is why trump hired her for that job not only is she highly intelligent organized and well-spoken she's thin blonde and gorgeous now you could say that rich pigs like trump they um they will hire a hot chick all right just for quote-unquote like eye candy around the office and yeah there might be an element of that to it but i think it i rather like to think that it's trump who knows that the press corps is full of catty bitches all right who will hate kaylee on sight i mean you know how ugly women are they tend to hate uh, anyone hotter than them. All right. And so they hate her on site. So, and, and additionally, she's conservative. All right. Which pisses them off uh, all the more because they believe that all women are as, you know, promiscuous and irresponsible as they are and uh, therefore pro choice and then therefore a Democrat. And so that's, that's, 
hey, it's not my rules. I mean, it's, you know, it's just as sexist as expecting all black people to vote Democrat, you know, is racist, I should say. It's just as sexist as expecting all black people to vote Democrat is racist. Anyway, (laughs) and she is highly organized, you know, and whenever the topic changes, she can see her quickly, like thumb through her notes, find the right tab or something like that and pull out all the relevant documentation and pull it in front of her to combat their bullshit questions with facts. She is the best. She is constantly destroying them on every question and, and that they ask, and it infuriates them, and that infuriates them the most. is because she's like, checkmate, 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 left and right with them. They don't understand that intelligent women tend to be conservative and not ruled by their emotions. The left has been ruled by their emotions since that one girl screamed at the sky at Trump's inauguration. They're all pissed that good-looking baseball pitchers would rather marry someone like Kaylee than a whiny, argumentative cat lady like all these liberal women are. Not all of them. <laughs> There's some hot ones out there. And the only, way, the only weapon that they have that they have against someone like Kaylee McEnany is to call her a lying bitch. And even on this subject, even on this sh- subject, she outclasses them. I believe she said something to, uh, to the effect of that she gave the woman the benefit of the doubt. That she didn't say that. And um, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I had to listen to the clip like five or six times. All right. Five or six times to hear it until I heard it. And I definitely think that was what was said. <laughs> and it's classy. That's so classy, Kaylee, your response to this little snafu. I didn't include this, this story in the news worth knowing because it's not really worth knowing. And, uh, but I think it's hilarious. You know, I like a little drama. A little high school drama every now and then. I like Archie comics. Anyway, uh, you ever have that dream where Kaylee McEnany comes in wearing nothing but an American flag? No? Just me? Okay. Okay. So here's something that's been bugging me since the 90s. Earthworm Jim. All right, can somebody please explain this to me? Um... All right, assuming, assuming super intelligent annelids exist, all right, um, how the hell could they ever invent or build anything? I understand it's all part of the joke for Earthworm Jim, but just seriously, think about this for a little bit and let it boggle your mind. Okay, I assume in the evolution of Earthworm Jim's uh, species, at some point they started like wrapping their butt end around uh, like a rock. And picking up a rock and like slamming it on his brother's head, and because uh, the worm gods didn't look on his sacrifice with favor or something, and and then next thing you know, you know they start evolving more. Next thing you know, they, they're wrapping their uh, they're wrapping their little worm butts around a rock and slamming it into another rock in order to make sharper rocks. All right, and so uh, yeah, yeah, I could definitely see. All right, but hold on a second, though. They could make sharper rocks. But here's the thing, the difference, uh, difference between the annelids and hominids. All right, hominids, like us, like human beings, we ha- they, have these, uh, they have these fingers, right? These little finger things, all right? And w- with that, we can use, uh, we can spin flax and we could spin a cotton to make, you know, strings and ropes and that kind of thing so that you can affix a sharpened rock 
to a stick to make a lever, simple tool kind of weapon. Okay, but worms, they don't have any fingers. It would take like two worms working together with their poop ends, right? Because that's, if, you know, if it's, a, if it's a worm, it's poop end is its fingertip, all right? That's where they poop out of too. So keep this all in mind. It's like all of this appendage stuff, you know, if they're looking with their eyes, they're weird, weird earthworm gem eyes, all right, on one side, and they're working with a tool in front of them. That's their, they're looking at their butthole manipulating stuff. Okay, just want to put that out there. So I don't think the annelids could have affixed sharpened rocks to sticks to make weapons. Okay, that doesn't mean they couldn't have their own Bronze Age or whatever. All right, they could certainly gain some, gain some mastery over fire and make do without being able to spin flax for a while unless without a large concerted effort. All right. <laughs> okay, where, hold, where, where did I go? Okay, there's mastery over fire. And I dare say they could make it, yeah, through, they could probably get writing, literature, and mathematics. Do you think that they'd use binary? I think that there's only one poop, to, poop end to count, right? One finger to count on? Maybe they're binary, I don't know. Anyway, so I think it's things like chemistry where the worms will fall short. You sort of need two hands to like pour chemicals into each other, you know, use mortar, a mortar and pestle and so forth. Okay. And also further down the road, you know, uh, so like I said, they couldn't they couldn't spin they couldn't spin flax or cotton without a, a a a large concerted effort. You know, how could they even weave? Think about weaving. So imagine their textile <laughs> textile invention uh, is is fallen behind. You know, but they get up to the point. Say they get up to the point where these worms invent computers. All right. They get they they invent computers and it's like if how how many how many keys do you think are on Earthworm Jim's laptop? Okay, think about that. How many keys are on there? All right, now you fast forward to Earthworm Jim's era. All right, and so these annelids they design this bipedal two handed suit, and I assume that Jim is either all curled up and knotted around a series of controls inside the suit all right and these, or or he's in like some sort of uh nerve sock that attaches to his nerves and uh, it translates impulses to commands for the for the robot suit i don't know how that suit root uh works but i do know that the, apparently the worms designed it apparently they came across some sort of bipedal creature at one point and said damn that's a way better design than a single tube body And why would they make guns at all? It would seem to me the annelids would be would much prefer bladed weapons, in my humble opinion. They'd be far more lethal to each other as that. Sorry for spitting earlier. <laughs> so all in all, I think Earthworm Jim isn't real. Which is a good thing considering the nightmare I had last night playing Civ 3 and then going to bed sober. I don't know why Earthworm Jim got in the mix. So become a patron, go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Buy me some beer so I don't have these stupid fucking dreams about ridiculous video game characters. Patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. You know, one time I had this dream that I was uh, abducted by dog aliens. Aliens who were dogs. Bipedal dogs who were talking and be able to have like thumbs and stuff. 
And, um, you know, they, I was able to like walk around the ship. They're showing me all their stuff, their futuristic dog stuff. And, uh, I said, I need, I need to use the bathroom. Can I, is there a place I can go to the restroom? And they said, yeah. And they pointed to this door and I go in this, uh, bathroom, this on this dog ship, dog, al- <laughs> bipedal canine alien ship. And I go into this bathroom and, uh, the, the wallpaper is all like camouflage colored. It's the only way I can like, like a jungle print camouflage colored uh, all along the walls. All right. On the floor is this spongy, like green material. It's spongy. And every couple of inches, there's this rub thick rubber nub, like sticking out of the thing. And it all kind of leads downwards, slopes downwards towards the center. And it has this drain, this big drain in the center. And sitting wedged in this room is this big hunk of a tree, you know, just shoved in this room. I don't even know how they got it in there. Must have, they must have had like to, like during the construction of the alien spaceship, they had to put it in during the construction. All right. And so there's this big tree and it, the bottom, the base of it rests at like on the drain and the other one's and the other end's just wedged in the corner. So I peed on the tree and left. They don't have anywhere to wash their hands. They don't, they don't do that. They don't do that. They were fascinated about my sweating. Anyway, let's go on to this next topic. So, um, I don't know if you watch a lot of news like I do, but I, I sure do. But have you seen all these uh, sign language translators uh, whenever a Democrat is talking? Now, I am not trying to be rude to deaf people. <clears throat> But is it not easier to read the closed captions? I mean, I know uh, the closed captions um, are flawed because I watch them. I'm hard of hearing, and I frequently watch things with uh, closed captions. But I am lucky in the sense that I can hear the mistakes they make when it comes to the closed captions. But when it comes to American Sign Language, I just think it would be easier to read the captions. Um, cause from what I know about American ASL, from what I know about American sign language is that there's quite a lot of nuance to it when it comes to making the signs. I'm not even going to pretend to know how, how the signs are made, All right. but there's a lot of nuance to that. And so you have this translator in the corner, you know, like in a picture in a picture, and it seems a little cruel to me, you know, not they, these people already can't hear. And now they got to get up real close to the TV, you know, to, to look at what the person sign language in sign language is saying. Now here's, here's, you know, it seems a little bit cruel at the very least, you know, you can make the uh, ASL translator, the large video and the person speaking could be a picture in picture. I mean, it's not like, it's not like people who can hear and see need to see the person talking ableist assholes. (laughs) I mean, let's be reasonable. I I also have this other thing is if, this other question, if you know things about ASL that I don't, uh, you can email me at madmanfxbgpr.com. Uh, that being said, it's like, um, <laughs> I just want to know in sign language is that when they're translating, is there a, a, a sign language gesture? I don't know what they're called, like sign, I guess. Is there a sign language for uh, all the ums and uhs? I think it's something like, it should be something like this. Uh, um. Uh, don't you think it should be something like that? Uh, um, 
<laughs> if you can't see, too bad. It's just like this weird hand gesture. Imagine, make up your one of your own. And so I just wonder is if, if there's some sort of sign that people in sign language say when it's, it's kind of like our verbal um and uh, if there's some like sign language, it's like, I'm not done talking. You know, I'm, I just thinking is <laughs> maybe that's what they say. I'm not done talking. I'm just thinking you maybe they have something like that. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I would think that the, that the translator would have to say something with all the ums and uhs <laughs> that comes out of us dumbass people who can hear. So I just, I just wonder if, uh, you know, yeah, uh, like, like the signs some people make when they want people to say what's, ask what's wrong. You know, the sigh. You know, when people, oh, I can't even read my own notes. Like the sigh some people make when somebody, they want somebody to say what's wrong. They, you know, is there a sign for the, <sighs> you know, that sound where somebody's just begging for somebody, oh, what's wrong with you? You know that? Do you think that they have a sign for that? Or is it? Or do they just say, make a sign that says, you know, like something, let me make something up, uh, like uh, 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 annoying narcissist begs for attention. I don't know. There's got to be something, right? Because when they're translating us, there's got to be a, a sign for the dumbass, <laughs> dumbass hearing, hearing people always stuttering. <laughs> God bless them. I'm not trying to make fun of uh, deaf people or anything. It's just, you know, I try to think from their, what things are like from their perspective from time to time. And it's, you know, we're all ridiculous creatures. We're all flawed, but, you know, we're all, we're all, we all can be funny at times. <sighs> I know it's a little bit early, but we're going to get into the news worth knowing. Maybe when EK comes in at the true halfway point, uh, he'll play that stinger for you. But, you know, if you're just listening, you're not going to be able to see it because, uh, you know, that's only going to be really available if, if it gets caught up in a, in a clip on my YouTube channel, search Shock Monkey Radio on YouTube, or if it comes up and, or if you become a patron over at patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and you watch the videos over there because we have all our video content over there for our patrons, three bucks a month. Lots of content for you. So here we are into the news worth knowing. Ted Wheeler becomes latest liberal mayor spurned by protesters. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler said on Wednesday he was booed, heckled, and called a fascist by rioters in the city as he tried to attend a listening session about ongoing unrest, becoming the latest, latest liberal mayor to be shunned by pro protesters with whom they had sought to show solidarity. Wheeler, who for weeks had been backing the protests against efforts by federal law enforcement to stop rioting near federal property, joined protesters at, at fencing near the Hat, Hatfield Courthouse and tried to conduct a listening session and was even hit by tear gas deployed by federal agents. However, while some protesters were receptive to his presence, others, many others heckled and booed him, objecting to his uh, refusal to back some of the, their demands, such as abolishing the police and for Portland's police, for which he is a commissioner, use of tear gas and other method, methods to shut down riots. F. Ted Wheeler, one protester shouted, according to a video posted by a reporter. He doesn't get to speak. He's an effing fascist. F. Ted Wheeler. At another point, a restless crowd in in included a protester calling him an effing a-hole. 
while others chanted, Tear Gas Ted has got to go. Hey, hey. Oh, Tear Gas Ted has got to go. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's it's not funny. It's well, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here in Virginia. You know, it's not it's kind of funny. Uh so later when he said it's a news worth knowing, by the way. Yeah. Later when he said Yeah. <laughs> Later, when he said he would not commit to abolishing the Portland police, the crowd booed, yelled, F you, and told him to get the F out, and warned ominously, your house next. New York Times correspondent Mike Baker, who recorded many of the, uh, of the scenes on camera, reported that as Wheeler suffered the effects of tear gas, one protester asked, how does it feel, Teddy? Baker reported that others threw bottles and other objects at Wheeler. Scenes devolved, and uh, Wheeler was later shuttled to a building by a security team who had, a, who had to scuffle with protesters who got in Wheeler's face, yelled expletives, and kicked, uh, kicked at the door, which a security team could be seen on video struggling to close. F-U-F-ing pies. I think that means another word for a, like a cat. F-U-F-ing peas. Member of the crowd yelled in a video. I don't, why am I censoring myself? Fuck you, fucking pussies. <laughs> Members of the crowd yelled in a video posted by Baker after another member yelled, see you tomorrow night, huh? Oof. But Wheeler isn't the only mayor to have faced backlash from protesters despite their sympathies towards them. Minneapolis Democratic Mayor uh, Jacob Frey, Frey? was booed uh, out of a protest in June after refusing to back calls to defund the Minneapolis Police Department. Fry, jo- Fry joined in dem- those demonstrating in the wake of the death of George Floyd, who died in police custody, and ended up challenged by protest leaders about whether he would support abolishing or defunding the police. He told them he has, quote, been coming to grips with my own brokenness, brokenness in this situation and promised to revamp a systematic racist system. He said the police union needs to be put in its place and police with police practices reworked. And he gave in. But the protesters grew agitated at his answer. An unidentified leader demanded a yes or no, answering, we don't want no more police. Quote, I do not support the full abolition of the Minneapolis Police Department, Fry said in a video posted online uh, from the scene. I'm sure you may have seen this. It's like, all right, get the F out of here. The yell, yell let him go. Go, Jacob, go home. Demonstrators yelled at the mayor and others booed and they chanted shame, shame, shame like it's fucking Game of Thrones. Uh, same thing, similar things happened to Bill de Blasio. You know, New York mayor, city, uh, city mayor Bill de Blasio is known for his left wing leanings and is backed, in, uh, backed and acted on calls to partially defund and drastically reform the police. But at George Floyd, Floyd rally in June, he was booed off the stage and had protesters turn their backs on him as he tried to speak. F the mayor's curfew, some shouted, according to the New York Post. The heckling was so intense, the Post reported, the mayor kept his appearance short and was no longer seen on the stage. Uh, Black Lives Matter in New York, the mayor said at one point. Not to you, one heckler responded. Anyway, um, you know, it's, you're trying to feed a monster. You know, these, these protesters in many ways, they're not even protesters, they're, they're rioters. In many places, in many places, there's, there's some protesters scattered about here and there. All right. But they, it's a monster you're, you're feeding, you know, and you think it's going to eat you last. And that's not the case with monsters. 
you know, you need to put these kids in check. You know, <laughs> it's like you come out, you pretend to be on their side, but then when they, you have to come down to the unreasonable, unreasonableness of their demands and you say something like, no, it's ridiculous to defund or get rid of the police. That is ridiculous. And then they're going to bully, try to bully you out of it, out of there. Sorry. Need to start arresting some of these people. Let's, uh, let's go on. I'm not as spun up about that for some reason. I don't know. I thought it'd be, I was more spun up about it because, uh, when I first read it, because it's, because my, my comment on it was if I had my, I, if I had my way out of all he's shot, which is, uh, it's a Pink Floyd quote, <laughs> but I mean, it's, that's just why I'm not a politician. That's not why I'm not a necessarily a leader. And so, I mean, it's because, I mean, I would put up with this on the streets on, if I were mayor of a city and it's like, no, we got to back the police. It's like, you can't have civil disorder, you know, and expect business to continue as usual. You know, we already got this quote unquote pandemic going on. You know, and now, you know, it's, it's okay to protest and then, oh, no, no, there's going to be no resurgence resurgence because of all the protests. You know, anyway, I was spun up earlier. I was more, more angry earlier. Let's talk about Mitch McConnell. Um, <laughs> and this is a, he is, first of all, he's like one of the weirdest looking dudes in Congress. Uh, he looks like a mutated dog, like a hairless mutated chubacabra or something. You know what I mean? Anyway, so Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on Wednesday cited the satanic verses by novelist Salman Rushdie in a, con- in, con- in a condemnation of what he called the grievance industrial complex, uh, which he said was stifling free speech. The Kentucky Republican linked a cycle of nonsense against unpopular opinions and eroded rule of law following unrest in cities as threats to U.S. freedom. Quote, the author Salman Rushdie who himself, uh, who was himself threatened with death for controversial speech, once said this, quote, this is, now he's quoting Salman Rushdie, two things from the bedrock, two things form the bedrock of any open society, freedom of expression and the rule of law. If you don't have those things, you don't have a free country, McConnell said on the Senate floor. Free expression and the rule of law, exactly the two things we've seen eroded in recent months. Uh, Rushdie this month joined an open uh, letter from academics, including political leftists, against censorship and political debate. Rushdie faced Islamic uh, death threats, including a fatwa by Iran's then-Supreme Leader Ayatollah uh, Khomeini, Rohala Khomeini, I believe, over his 1988 novel, The Satanic Verses, which was seen by some as portraying the Prophet Muhammad in an irreverent manner. (laughs) Oh, man. Rushdie uh, recently signed an open letter with other intellectuals. This is a quote from McConnell. Rushdie recently signed an open letter with other intellectuals, many liberals, sounding the alarm on this cultural position, he said. Editors are fired, they wrote. Uh, Books are withdrawn. Journalists are barred from writing on certain topics. Professors are investigated, steadily narrowing the boundaries of what can be said without the threat of reprisal. You can guess what happens next. What happened next? The grievous... The grievance industrial complex came after the letter itself. The authors were accused of advancing bigotry and the cycle of nonsense started all over again. (laughs) At least two letter signers, including Carrie Greenridge, Greenidge, 
and author uh, Jennifer Finney Boylan later re uh, repudiated it. Witters. Uh, letter signer Her uh, and Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling shamed recantations, writing to Boylan on Twitter, quote, be sure to publicly repent your association, uh, your association with Goody Rowling before unfollowing and volunteer to operate the ducking sco uh, stool next time as penance. Yeah, that sounds too Britishy for me. I don't get it. Uh, McConnell cited the recent uh, resignation letter of Barry Weiss from the New York Times opinion section protesting uh, alleged orthodoxy in, uh, in acceptable viewpoints and attacks on Princeton University professor Joshua Katz over an op-ed. McConnell said, quote, the United States of America needs free speech and we need free expression. And all of us from all perspectives need the courage to speak up and defend it. Supporting free speech is uh, politically unpopular, uh, according to poll results, poll results released Wednesday by Politico. Only 27% uh, of vo uh, voters said cancel culture had a positive impact on society, while 49% said it had a negative impact. Still, that's more, than, that's more than one in four, man. The Senate Majority Leader spoke as Congress negotiates a new coronavirus pandemic relief package. He did not directly address developments in the talks. <laughs> Let's talk about freedom of speech. I mean, I, I guess it's an important thing. I, 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 I would trust. I would quote Salman Rushdie. I wouldn't quote from the Satanic verses. Um, I think it's, I, I didn't know about that uh, that fatwa on him about his portraying the Prophet Muhammad. Why would they care so much about that book anyway? Um, <laughs> I mean, I agree. I agree with what he's trying to do, but I, I don't think I would have gone about it that way. He's just a weird dude. I think he's a weird, weird, weird Republican dude, and, you know, so am I, so. Mitch McConnell, kind of a hero of mine. Kind of. <clears throat> Let's hear about a Marine. God bless the Corps. Um, Marine vet holds a U.S. flag high amid chaotic Portland protests. Gets followed home by Antifa. Can we stop calling it protests? Specifically what's going on in Portland. That's, that's a full-on riot. And that's been going on for almost two months. Let's, let's be honest. Anyway, so a Marine vet actually went there. For more than 50 nights, Gabrielle Johnson, 48, a retired Marine, has been kept awake by the sounds of rioting and explosions taking place outside his window in Portland, Oregon. After two months of living in fear at 3 a.m. Sunday, he had had enough. Quote, at that point, I had counted 82 explosions and just thought, you know, somebody has, has to do something. Living only a block away from the Mark O. Hatfield U.S. Courthouse in downtown Portland, which had become the epicenter of violence that is to overtaken the city, Johnson marched into the chaos with his American flag in hand. While he expected his actions would be div divisive to some, the retired Marine was not prepared for the re reaction he got. Quote, I was being called an N-word by black people. People were chasing me around with baseball bats, Johnson told Fox News. While the Marine, while the Marine Corps veteran, who is black, uh, experienced many eye-opening events that night, and uh, there was one thing he saw that shocked him the most. Quote, Antifa has infiltrated Black Lives Matter, Johnson said as he described a woman dressed in Black Lives gear, Matter gear who showed him threatening footage of protesters following him back to his home and letting him know they were keeping tabs on him. Ooh. According to Johnson, this woman was also holding an Antifa pen and was communicating with others via walkie-talkie. Quote, these people have nothing to do with black lives. 
Our black community leaders need to stand up and lead because that's what's happening. They're letting a group of terrorists that don't represent me use me, and that's not right, said Johnson. Another scene that left him in utter dismay was seeing a 65-year-old black veteran attempt to stop, stop the burning of Johnson's flag, only to be beaten by alleged Black Lives Matter protesters. He said, there's no way you're going to burn this flag, and was followed up by Black Lives Matter black men running after this man, punching him in his face, grabbing the flag, and throwing it over the fence. And Johnson said he is emotionally, uh, Johnson, said Johnson as he emotionally recalled the horrific event. The lifelong Portland re uh, resident blames the destruction of his city on the, on the inaction of the local leadership. <clears throat> Excuse me. Quote, the lack of police response, city response, response from our mayor has just given free reign to holy hell to take place at that 11 o'clock hour to three in, three in the morning. So apparently that's <laughs> the witching hour in Portland. Jesus. Uh, as for federal officers who have been sent by the Trump administration into Portland over the past uh, week to end the violence, Johnson doesn't oppose the extra assistance. Quote, in the absence of local police, who do, what do we expect, he said. If we as a city aren't going to police ourselves, we should expect somebody to come in and police for us. Uh, he continues on to say, I, I look at everything from a patriot's point of view. I spend a lot of time fighting for our country, and so my belief in and, and my patriotism for this country is unmeasured. I fought for this country, and this is not what I fought for, said Johnson. I agree with you, Marine, 100%. Good for you. Good for you. You know, people need to stand up. And it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, black, white, that doesn't matter. You know, veterans, you know, you should stand up. You know, I trust you know, this guy, if he served, if he's, you know, retired Marine, you have a lot of my respect. You know, I know I spent four years in the military and I could not stand it. But 20 plus, oh my God, you have my respect. You need to be the leaders, you know, of your local community. You know, I know, I know it's tough. I know you want to be left alone in many ways. That's how I felt when I got out. I wanted to be left alone. I wanted to mind my own business somewhere else. And, you know, just like every, so many vets, so many vets come home and they watch, I want to live a life in peace for the rest of my life. But if there's, you know, chaos in your streets, you know, you got to set it right. You got to stand up and you got to, you know, be a leader in your community. God bless us, Marine. Doing what's right because we both stand for the same ideal. The same ideals, honor, courage, and commitment. We both stand for that. Doesn't matter what our, how much melanin is in our skin or not what religion, what, how we pray. Doesn't matter. It's the ideals of America that we, we were trained in and follow and respect. Respect to you. Respect to you, Marine. Respect to you. All right. You want to talk about baseball a little bit? Let's talk about baseball a little bit. So Major League Baseball's 2020 pandemic shortened season. Everything you need to know. The 2020 MLB season will be totally different. One that has never been seen before. The coronavirus pandemic forced the league to reconsider starting on time and think about how games were going to be played as the U.S. and the rest of the world combat the disease. Freaking ads. After tense negotiations between the owners and the players' union, Commissioner uh, Rob Manfield, Manfred, excuse me, stepped in to implement a 60-game season to set to begin on July 23rd or 24th. Today or tomorrow, I guess. 
Uh, each team is set to play against each of its four division rivals ten times and four games against the other five clubs in its corresponding division in the other league. A team will only make one trip to each city it visits, according to the plan. Oh, man. Wow. Other details included included <laughs> games involving National League teams will include designated hitters. At the start of extra innings, there will be a runner on second base, and the number of playoff teams will remain at 10. Additionally, the trade deadline will be August 31st, while the deadline for postseason eligibility is September 15th. Also, active rosters will be 30 during the, the first two weeks of the season, 28 during the second two weeks of the season, and 26 following that. Teams will not expand to 28 roster spots on September 1st, as, September 1st, as originally intended this year. Uh, because no minor league games are being played this year, teams will be able to hold on to 60 players, including a taxi squad. Up to three players from the taxi squad can travel with the team to a game. And one of three, and one of the three must be a catcher. <laughs> uh, major League Baseball is also keeping the innovation of the three batter minimum for pitchers, but decided to keep the injured list minimum to pitchers to just 10 days rather than 15 as initially intended. Anyway, so uh, yeah, they get the, so they got the schedules for all, all the teams, all the teams. I don't know what it's going to be like, ladies and gentlemen. I really don't. It's uh, I mean, I guess they, I guess the UFC. I don't really watch it, but the the UFC has been going, and I, mean, I guess it's some sort of inter entertainment. And I think that there's a, a uh, uh like uh. Were they esports? <laughs> Blanked on it for a second. Like esports is like is still around, and I think that that's a good thing. Uh, you can get some sort of your competition, you know, uh, uh, junkie out of you in some ways. But I mean, some of us just like baseball, you know. And uh, here we are in the middle of the heat in July. I'm having the, one of the worst summers ever, and I just want to tell you, it's it could be, it could have been so much nicer if we had baseball all this time to distract me. But no. We got to deal with this abbreviated season with its weird rules, and and I'm just a little I'm just a little pissed off about it. I don't know if you know this, but I'm just a little bit just a little bit pissed off about it. I'm gonna start crying. I'm having a really shitty day. I have to I have to be honest. Anyway, let's go to this next story. Teacher says he was fired for pro-Trump tweets, calls out double standard for colleagues, anti-Trump messages. Colleagues is. A Michigan social studies teacher and baseball coach has claimed he was fired after posting pro-Trump tweets. He told Fox and Friends on Thursday that the tweets were meant to unify and that nothing in the tweets are inappropriate. Forgive me, Justin, but Justin Kusera said that administrators with the Wald Lake School District in uh, Commerce Township, Michigan, questioned him during a Zoom meeting after he tweeted support for Trump reopening schools. Quote, I'm done being silent. At real Donna Trump is our president. Don't at me, uh, Kusera tweeted on July 6th. Kusera said that he posted a couple of tweets in support of President Trump, which included a, a retweet of President Trump saying that schools should reopen in the fall. He said he also tweeted a reply to one of my followers who had come uh, that said a comment that how uh, it kind of sucks how liberals try to divide us. And I commented back. 
So I was questioned about, questioned about those tweets in a Zoom meeting with the district administrators where they let me kind of explain my reasoning behind them. And I just said, I think schools need to, re- to open and I think uh, we need to support our president. And that's, the kind of, and that's what the tweets were about, Kucera explained on Thursday. Uh, quote, a couple of days later, they followed up with another meeting. Uh, that's where they gave me a choice to resign, where I told them no. He continued and adding the other option, I was to be terminated. Host Ainsley Earhart uh, told Kucera has said, uh, said other teachers have posted negative comments about the president and asked if that is, if that a double standard, if they are not fired, it has to be, I don't know what else you can call it. Kucera said in response, what I did is no different from oh, what other teachers do on social media. The only difference is mine in support of president Trump uh, and theirs are not. In a statement sent to Fox news, from the Walled Lake School District, a spokesperson said no disciplinary action was taken as a result of any support of President Trump, and we are unable to comment on the specific staff uh, discipline slash personal matters, personnel matters. Earhart uh, asked Kucera, if you weren't fired because of your support for president and because you are conservative, why were you fired? Uh, quote, I think, I think they're going, to, uh, going with the anticipated reaction from students and parents, Kucera responded. So if you see all the comments that my tweet got and a lot of positive comments and it it got some negative comments as well. I think the school district officials are using that as complaints that students might not want to be in my class and that it would impede the operation of school business. He continued. When asked if he regrets posting the tweet, says no, not at all. I apologize to the school district for the negative attention that it brought them, but I didn't apologize for what what I said, he explained. Nothing in the tweets are inappropriate. I just wanted to unify, he said, adding that it was meant to only be a unifying tweet to support the president, regardless of if you agree with him or not. The Washington Free Beacon reported that students and parents described Kucera as an apolitical and supportive of students. So, I mean, this is happening all over the place where people. There's a ton of people like keeping their mouths shut. There's lots and lots of people keeping their mouths shut. And any because they see that anybody who does something like this is going to be attacked, and this is what happens. And that's not freedom of speech. That's not First Amendment. That's not having a show like Shock Monkeys and a show like BLM FXBG FXBG on the same station. That's not America. The America we live in has all all types, all flavors, all the flavors in the world here in America. You know. There's room for all of us. There really is. You know, and if you cannot handle the fact that there's somebody out there that doesn't think the way that you do, you are going to, I don't know how you haven't realized yet that, you know, there is nobody, nobody in this world that thinks the way you do. All right. And even if you're trying to toe some socially social line, you know, I just want to be where all the cool people are. And if all the cool people are in the, are, you know, lighting torches and going to, like, find the monster. Well, I guess that's what being cool is. You need to get your, your problem with peer pressure under control. You need to get your intolerance out of control. Oh, he, he said he, he likes Trump. That guy should be fired, you know? And I will say this. I will say this about education. The education system is particularly a problem when it comes to liberalism, when it comes to leftists, when it comes to the people who are educating our children 
raising them up, raising them up with an education that leads to riots in the streets. I find that as a failure of families when there's riots in the streets. I find that a failure of the parents. I find it a failure of the education system. All right. People are out here trying. You want to think this cancel culture isn't going to come for you. You're wrong. It's just like that Wheeler guy over in Portland. You think the beast is going to eat you last? No, the beast is going to eat all of us if you let it. Now, who am I quoting Salman Rushdie now? I'm going to tell you about the mark of the beast next. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I got one more story to get through. So I like a lighter lighter subject, or maybe this is a heavier subject. I don't know. I like to end on a lighter or, or heavier note, depending on how you look at it. So capacity cut on Venice gondolas due to overweight tourists. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead ahead and say it. Americans are fat. Go ahead and say it. (laughs) Some gondoliers in Venice, Italy have claimed that overweight tourists are creating a boatload of trouble. Womp womp. Boatload of trouble. A good one, Fox News. Anyway, forcing them to cut passenger passenger capacity for safety's sake. In a policy change recently announced, uh, Venetian boatmen will have to reduce passenger seating from six to five on the smaller gondola, Donalo. Uh, the Guardian reported on Tuesday. Accommodation, accommodations for the larger gondolas, the Parade, I'm not Italian, are uh, often used to sail the Grand, Grand Canal, uh, have also been axed from 14 to 12. So what's it like, uh, maybe like maybe like 20% fatter? <laughs> People in Ven- tourists in Venice are 20% fatter now? Anyway, um, Quote, it's true we compared it to 10, uh, oh, I'm sorry, this is from Andrea Balbi. It's true that compared to 10 or 15 years ago, that's horrible, I'm sorry. It's true that compared to 10 or 15 years ago, tourists weigh a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, Andrea Balbi, president of Venice Gondoliers Association, told the outlet uh, of the news. Must be a translation error there. Uh, quote, unlike in a lift where there's a p- message that says only six people or, or a maximum weight, we don't have scales to weigh people. And so we reduce the number of passengers. And it would be kind of rude, too, <laughs> if, if you ask me. It would be kind of rude to, uh, like, I, I'm sorry, sir, I'm going to have to ask weigh you before we can ask, say if you can step onto this gondola. <laughs> it's a little bit rude. It would, it would detract from the romanticism of Venice. <laughs> Okay, if there's too much weight on the gondola, water will flood the vessel, sinking, and it's dangerous. Raul Roverato, Roverato, president of the Association of Substitute Gondoliers, explained. There's two of them? Uh, Quote, tourists are now overweight, and those arriving from certain countries are bombs. (laughs) He told the La Repubblica per translation from the Daily Mail. (laughs) They're bombs. (laughs) They're Moabs. Got some real, got some real Moabs here in Venice today. <laughs> in related nautical news, another policy was re- recently passed to allow uh, the children of the city gond- city's gondoliers to take over the parents' licenses without a challenging theory exam on history and foreign languages. The Guardian reported. Interesting. Now rookie gondoliers must prove that they can row. Row the boat and have at least four years of experience operating their family's gondola. 
Although anyone can apply for the job, the seafaring trade is kept mostly insular within the floating city's gondolier families. Is it about continuing a tradition? Who better than a gondolier uh, can know the trade of a gondolier? Balby said of the family ties. Quote, it'd be like a pizza maker who isn't from Naples. <laughs> That's great. It's okay. Yeah, we're... Yeah, we're Americans. We love Venice. It, we're fat. Sorry. It's like, we've got to wait a little longer for your gondola. So be it. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny. It's the, the desire for, you know, pride in your region or your ancestry and so forth. It, it's all over the world. It's like this comment about Naples. You know, it's like, you don't really make pizza unless you're from Naples. You know, you don't, you don't really, you're not really a gondolier. You're not really a gondolier unless you're one of these eight families or whatever. The five families. The five families of the gondoliers. They've, they've, been, running, they've been running the underworld in Venice for centuries. <laughs> what is it? It's, it's a gondolier mafia. And the last thing you hear is that solid stroke in the water. <laughs> no! And then you know, tie tie something around your feet and throw you into the into the canals. I don't know. Could be rough. Could be rough. Anyway, that was my last news story. Um, I want to remind you that we have a YouTube channel. Go over to YouTube, search for Shock Monkey Radio, and I'm sure you will be able to find me. Find some clips. I make clips of these uh, these shows uh, for you know to just to promo it. But the real full video content. Is all behind the paywall over at patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. There you can get all everything that we do, all the videos, and a few other things I put behind the paywall for you patrons. Patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio or patreon.com slash FXBG Public Radio. There you can get involved, you know, in FXBG Public Radio, become a producer. We'll put you put your name on a screen as a producer. Uh, you're gonna have to get your own business cards, but we'll call you a producer, you know. Um uh, in or you can like start your own show. Go go through Patreon. It's like have you know get your own show. We'll get in touch with you. Tell you everything you need to do and everything you need to know. Which is basically just sit right here and duck into a microphone and look at a camera. That's about it. We can do everything else. Everything else from the video to the podcast. Everything else. The e- equalization of your voice to get a very lovely timber of your voice. We do all of that. Very. Very reasonably priced. Check out fxbgpublicradio.com. Patron, shockmonkeyradio.com. Patron, fxbgpublicradio.com. This is Shock Monkey Radio. I am the madman, and I love you. <laughs>